Welcome to Fronteras, a program that explores issues at the border and beyond through the lens of arts, culture, and history. I'm Norma Martinez with Texas Public Radio in San Antonio. A large-scale painting by Santa Fe, New Mexico-based artist James Drake looks like it could have originated anywhere between the 16th and 18th centuries. Bollards of a border wall-type structure lie in the backdrop of a variety of large nude figures. A man appears to be stepping through the barricade. A woman cowers with her child in her arms and looks off at something or someone we can't see. Another man is holding a woman upside down by the waist. One man carries a body slumped over his shoulders. Another appears to fall from an unknown height. Almost central to the panels is a man terrorized by two large black dogs. The painting, entitled Can We Know the Sound of Forgiveness, inspired a large-scale project of the same name. The monumental project merges art, music, spoken word, song, dance, and movement. The music for Can We Know the Sound of Forgiveness was written by Mexican composer Gabriela Ortiz, a frequent collaborator of famed conductor Gustavo Dudamel. The text was provided by El Paso poet and writer Benjamin Alida Sainz, best known for his young adult novel Aristotle and Dante Discover the Secrets of the Universe, and for his short story collection Everything Begins and Ends at the Kentucky Club. The project featured the Grammy-winning chamber choir The Crossing and members of the Houston Ballet. Can We Know the Sound of Forgiveness was premiered January 20th at Rice University in Houston. To talk to us about how this project evolved is the artist James Drake, Mexican composer Gabriela Ortiz, and the producer and director of Can We Know the Sound of Forgiveness, Stephen Jimenez. Drake says the genesis of the painting that started it all began during the pandemic. I was uh, thinking about border issues, but I also then as the uh, drawing progressed, I wanted it to be a little bit more expansive and uh, deal with border and immigration issues uh, all over the world because it's just not specific to say the Juarez El Paso border. Actually, the title comes from, um, from a poem I wrote. So I always did call the drawing can we know the sound of forgiveness and then it just sort of evolved into the title of a of the performance piece well talk a little bit about this because this is radio we can't really see this piece but the images that i've seen they're the very large panels renaissance style nude bodies it's a very active piece the bodies seem like they're in motion and they are almost in various states of agony, whether it's internal or externally realized. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yes, I wanted to do, uh, I prefer the term classical, uh, but classical will cover a little bit more time frame. I wanted to do all of the figures uh, nude because uh, basically that's uh, when you uh, break down and take down and take off all of the uh, artifacts of human beings were just left with what we uh, really look like. And it was also a little better, I thought, to um, 
describe the dynamics of people in conflict, people in agony, also people in love and people being in a protective mode or in an aggressive mode. So I wanted to cover a lot of the emotions that I think the uh, performance piece covers. It's a very large drawing. It's three panels. It's all charcoal. Each panel is 12 feet by 8 feet for a total of 12 feet by 24 feet. And Gabriela, we'll move to you next. How did this project evolve from being just a 2D painting on these large panels, like James was just describing, into becoming a larger work? Did you perhaps see this painting and imagine setting music to it? I'm curious about the evolution from the original painting to becoming this very broad, multidisciplinary project. Yeah, well, yeah, your, your question is very interesting because when I started, you know, working in the project, basically I didn't know the, the, the work of James, I didn't know the work of Benjamin, so everything was like sort of new for me. But as soon as we just started having this conversation, as soon as I immediately saw for the first time the painting of, of James, we did this amazing residency at Santa Fe, and I was very lucky to go to James's studio and see the drawing in, in, in real life. And I was really, really impressed. So basically for me, one of the two uh, points of departure for writing the music was for, of course, you know, James painting, and of course, Ben's text. Because, you know, also Ben wrote a text about the, it was very difficult to describe something that is so poetic and so, profound in words. She has no memory of all the nations and empires and the days of It's talking about the we have to take care of, of the earth, the nature, I mean, and, and the health of the earth and, and, and all the things that we have done to each other. And also for me, Jane's painting is like listening to Mahler's symphony. It really represents what human beings are. And for me, it represents everything. I mean, already James said that in his drawing, there is tenderness, there is conflict, there is profound, there is beauty, there is ugliness at the same time. It's everything there. So I was really, really inspired by the painting, by the text, and being able to collaborate and talk to all these incredible artists involved in the project. Uh, so that's how I started to write the music. There are two big movements that I wrote for The Crossing. The first movement, it's very energetic and it's pretty much according to the text. And then the second movement, for me, it's more tenderness, it's looking more for hope. I refuse to see that having this pessimistic attitude that there is nothing to do and the climate change is going to destroy the earth and the planet and no, I refuse to think about that and I, and I really believe that we can do something for the new generations and I, I still believe that that we can be better in many ways. So that's what I try to, to do with the music. Well, I, th- I think that the arts in particular really does have a very important role to play in uplifting and not necessarily shaping or influencing how we feel about certain things, but it really does have such a huge impact. And like you were saying, Gabriela, your music was attempting to send along a different kind of message than one that we are bombarded with every day. Now, you mentioned the text of Benjamin Alire Sainz, who's not joining us here. Can you 
talk to us a little bit about that text? Maybe give us a few examples of what the words are that he provided? I think that I preferred uh, Stephen to talk about the text. I mean, he's also a writer, an incredible writer, and, and he's the one also that helped us really to do the shape, the dramatic shape of the whole show. So I think that he he will be better <laughs> instead of me to, to explain more about the text. Okay, Steve, we're passing the baton to you. I want to hear okay. more about this text and also about the really big task of directing this piece and, and how you managed to shape that. But but first, let's get to the text. Yes. Well, just as background to the text, I just for one moment want to reference James's drawing again, because I think one of the things that uh, Gabby was pointing to is that in James's drawing, there's a tremendous amount of drama going on in that drawing. There's everything from human conflict and suffering to what James mentioned about immigration, evocative of refugees. Um, But also there's a timeless quality that I think that really encompasses so many different aspects of human history. So when we began there, when we first started working with Ben, Ben brought a piece of writing to us, a poem that was beautifully structured in five movements. And that too immediately lent itself to a kind of potentially a musical structure and also a dramatic structure. But what I would say is Ben's text was focused largely, or it is focused largely on the earth and our relationship to the earth. And he refers to the scars we've carved on her back And it's a very kind of personal uh, evocation of the earth. So I think in our early meetings, when we started talking, we also began to talk about what was in James's drawing, which is also the violence that we enact on each other as human beings. So I would say those are two of the themes that came up in our early residencies and workshops were what are we doing to the earth and what are we doing to each other? So that's really where we began, Norma. And from that, we went on a wild adventure. (laughs) Steve Jimenez is the producer and director of the multidisciplinary arts project, Can We Know the Sound of Forgiveness? We're also talking to Mexican composer Gabriela Ortiz and with artist James Drake. Can We Know the Sound of Forgiveness premiered January 20th at Rice University in Houston. When we come back, the premiere of Can We Know was so moving, some audience members wept. I think it really touched a sensitive chord with a lot of people. And that's always been my my goal as an artist. Our conversation continues next on Fronteras. Welcome back to Fronteras. I'm Norma Martinez with Texas Public Radio in San Antonio. On January 20th of this year, dancers, singers, musicians, and veterans took to the stage to perform a piece co-commissioned by the Shepherd School of Music at Rice University and by Carnegie Hall. Can We Know the Sound of Forgiveness features music written by Mexican composer Gabriela Ortiz, words by El Paso poet and novelist Benjamin Alida Sainz, singers from the Grammy-winning choir The Crossing, solo flute performed by Alejandro Escuer, dancers from the Houston Ballet, art by James Drake, performance artist Sean Leonardo, 
and military veterans. The program's themes explore conflict, suffering, violence, war, and healing, with immigration as a not-so-subtle undercurrent to the whole project. This staggeringly complex endeavor began during the COVID pandemic with an initial piece of art, a large-scale work in charcoal by Santa Fe, New Mexico-based artist James Drake. Today, we're talking to Drake, composer Gabriela Ortiz, and the producer and director of the project, Stephen Jimenez. Jimenez talks about how the project began to come together. Uh, Early on, James had been in a show with the performance artist Sean Leonardo. They had shown together, and we had a conversation with Sean about participating. And Sean, part of the focus of his work is he's worked both with veterans as well as the formerly incarcerated. And in the case of veterans, there was a project that we had all seen video of that he did at the Guggenheim in New York, where he was doing performance work with veterans. And given the themes of the piece of Can We Know the Sound of Forgiveness, we thought it would be really interesting to bring the experiences of those veterans also into Can We Know when you're talking about themes of conflict and violence and war, et cetera, that they would bring a unique perspective. What I will say is that in Houston, it was interesting while we were workshopping the project, one of the veterans came one day and said, can I bring my daughter to participate? And we said, sure, you know, not knowing where it was going to lead. And by the end of that workshop, one of the other veterans asked if he could then bring his daughter. So we actually included some family members because, as you know, the experience that veterans have doesn't just reverberate in their lives, but it reverberates in the lives of their families, too. So how long did this project come together from start to finish, Steve? A little over three years. I want to say James and I started talking, as he mentioned, during the pandemic, while he was working on the big drawing, I think when James and I began talking, the drawing was not yet complete or it was on the almost complete. And so that was at least three and a half years ago. So from the time we began talking and our first workshops were in the fall three and a half years ago, here we are. Our premiere was just happened in Houston on January 20th. Well, I want to talk about that. James, tell me about your experience at that premiere at Rice University in Houston. I'm curious as to whether you've experienced anything similar to that. I understand it was in front of a sold out crowd. Have you ever experienced anything sort of of that level in your career? No, um, actually, I've never experienced anything um, that comes even close to that. And hopefully the audience hadn't experienced anything that was... uh, like it as well. I've been told, and I believe this is true, that incorporating visuals, music, text, performance, dancers, all in one project is a very, very difficult situation to make all of those come together in a cohesive unit that everyone in the audience can uh, can experience. And for me personally, Uh, It was a real learning experience. I had never, I've done a few performance pieces, but nothing, nothing approaching the the complexity and the ambition of this project. So for me, you know, just sitting there, I was was very, 
very pleased. I was also very stressed <laughs> out because I didn't know all the technical uh, aspects of it. I was terrified something would technically go wrong. But it all came together, I think, in a really in a totally amazing way that I think moved not only me, but moved to the other artists involved and the audience. Well, Gabriela, um, what were some of the reactions that you got from some of the people who saw the production? And what were some of the reactions from people who were involved in this project? I'd like to to hear, you know, if they were touched somehow or maybe started to approach perhaps issues of conflict, issues at the border in a different manner upon experiencing this show. Well, I think people love it. I mean, many people... For example, after the show, uh, I was talking to these veterans and they came to me and told me that, oh, you know, this experience was changing my life forever. I mean, I've never done something before and and I never knew that I could be part of a piece of art and and something that from my terrible experience, I could bring something beautiful to share, no? And I was very moved about, you know, the reactions of these people that came to me and talked to me. The musicians also, the choir, I mean, they were very happy. They loved the music. And there was always something new, something different, something unexpected. And so I, I, I was very pleased. Could I just comment on the uh, reaction to some of the audience? I, of course, you know, I heard very, you know, people told me very positive things, but on another note, they a lot of the audience, and even I believe the participants in this, uh, were moved. And uh, I think it really touched a sensitive chord with a lot of people. And that's always been my, my goal as an artist, is how to touch people, how to move people, how to really reach that inner soul, that inner expression so that other people can uh, either share it or experience it. And uh, some people even told me that they uh, wept during the performance. Now, I think that is the supreme compliment coming from someone that you've actually touched them so much that they have a physical reaction. Whether uh, a lot of people told me listening to Alejandro's flute, listening to the choral singers, of course, Gabby's music, all of those elements that I think touched a chord, touched the inner soul of a lot of people witnessing, viewing, and experiencing Can We Know. Yeah, I had a chance to listen to a few clips from the premiere, and just some of those choral pieces were just chill-inducing. I want to ask a little bit about the title of this project. I know, James, you came up with the title, Can We Know the Sound of Forgiveness? I know a lot of us are wondering, what could that possibly mean? Can you explain a little bit about the title and maybe whether the answer that you think might have been the sound of forgiveness, maybe whether that's changed in the last three years or so? I would like to hear Gabriella and Steve. So I think we all agree that just the word forgiveness, there's a kind of taboo around it in this atmosphere that we're all living in right now. 
where there is so much conflict and there is so much division. And I think all of us that are part of this project have been sitting with this question for the last few years. I think it really interests us, you know, what is the path towards some form of forgiveness, reconciliation? And at the end of the work, I think it's left kind of open-ended. I would say that the mood is certainly spiritual, not religious in the sense of a kind of churchiness. But to James's point about the audience being moved, we all heard about some people that cried. We heard stories about that from a number of people. And I think really the work is inviting everyone to sit in a place for 75 to 78 minutes and have an experience that we really tried to not just evoke the best in human beings, but also claim and own the violence that we're living with every day, Norma. You know, I think what we have tried to open up is a place of possibility, of possible hope, but also at the same time, claiming the responsibility, which having children involved in the production and singing at the end, having young dancers and young singers is also, you know, for us saying we have a responsibility to the coming generations and we have to have their backs. And it's owning that is what I would say, you know, when you're talking about forgiveness. And that's the beauty of Gabby's music and also of James's drawing is that it's it's really opening up possibility you know, and not denying where we are in the world right now, but also not having gloom and doom and finding a place of hope. Stephen Jimenez is the producer and director of Can We Know the Sound of Forgiveness, a massive multidisciplinary project that explores immigration, violence, war, and healing through music, art, movement, dance, song, and spoken word. The text is by El Paso poet and novelist Benjamin Alida Sines, through whose words a story is told from the perspective of the earth, the land, the soil, the sand. The music is by Mexican composer Gabriela Ortiz, who also joined us today, as did artist James Drake, whose large-scale artwork of the same name inspired the project. Can We Know the Sound of Forgiveness received its world premiere January 20th at Rice University in Houston. Its next stop is Carnegie Hall in New York this October. This is because Gabriela Ortiz has been named the Richard and Barbara Debs Composers Chair at Carnegie Hall for the 2024-25 season. Artist James Drake told us earlier that the title to his large-scale artwork came from a poem. You can find that poem at tpr.org, as well as an excerpt of the text to Can We Know the Sound of Forgiveness by Benjamin Alida Sines. We're wrapping up the program with an excerpt from Can We Know the Sound of Forgiveness. This is Tierra composed by Gabriela Ortiz, heard here in a workshop performance by the Grammy-winning choral group The Crossing, led by Donald Nally. Thanks for joining us today for Fronteras. Fronteras is produced by Norma Martinez and Maria Navarro. Our executive producer is Dan Katz. Our editor is Fernando Ortiz Jr. Charanga Cakewalk composed our theme music. Hear past episodes at tpr.org and on the Fronteras podcast. I'm Norma Martinez with Texas Public Radio in San Antonio.